Hello and welcome to Temple Bar Tradfest podcast. I'm Ruth Smith. And I'm Kieran Hanrahan, and we're joining you once again from the gorgeous surrounds of the Oliver St. John Gogarty pub in Temple Bar in Dublin. It's the middle of December, and Christmas is just over a week away. But the real countdown for us is to Tradfest, our festival of Trad Without Frontiers. It kicks off on January the 22nd. Well, we've so much to look forward to for January. We do have one of the acts on today's show who are playing this year's Tradfest. But in the meantime, we're delighted to welcome back Eamon Kay who's a feature now on the podcast at this stage, the official historian of the Licensed Vintners Association of Dublin. Eamon, thanks a million for coming in again. I hear you've been doing some more research now on Oliver St. John Gogarty, the man this establishment is named after. Yes, yes, Ruth, uh, I have. And um, Gogarty was a man, you know, who had an absolute profound uh, impact on the era in which he lived. Sadly, at the time, he was, uh, he was seen a lot as the clown prince of the, the Anglo-Irish literary revival. Uh, but there is a much uh, deeper, more profound side to Gogarty. And I suppose today what I'd really like to talk about is, are some of his quotations and sayings. And the first uh, couple go simply, let's say, from the humorous to those uh, that are much uh, deeper. Um, for instance, uh, he was a he was a senator between uh, 1922 and 1936, and a lot of the time he found what was going on in the in the Shannad as very boring, and constantly day after day he was hearing about uh, the economy, the Irish economy, the infant economy, and on one occasion he 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 spoke in relation to the economy, and he said. Uh, crossing a Frisian bull with a queen bee might result in the land flowing in milk and honey. <laughs> so, you know, it was a real put down of the, in, in Gogarty's words, what he was doing was he was saying there's more to Ireland than this. And another one, perhaps, um, which many people have just seen, seen it on the surface. Uh, he said in the Shannon on one occasion that some men never recover from education and of course we can look at it on a on a single level and see it in that instance but really um, what Gogarty is saying is should we be defined by our profession in other words if we spend five six years uh, studying for something then uh, do we change who we are fundamentally the core of our being it's like the one, oh, there's my son, the doctor. You know, the label, so uh, the, yeah. label, the label remains with us. And uh, while Gogarty was massively supportive of education, he was also saying that there are dangers uh, inherit, uh, inherent in it and that. Um, but perhaps the one uh, that's most revealing of Gogarty uh, is that it was in 1929... Uh, during the uh, Censorship um, Publications Act and he, he made a statement in the Shannad which was it's high time the men of Ireland found some other way of loving God than by hating women now if, if, if we look back uh, that was 90 years ago and I suppose in the, in the secular Ireland of today uh, we can see that as a condemnation uh, maybe of the cosy uh, church-state relationship uh, but also of De Valera's Ireland but very interestingly uh, this was before De Valera's Ireland 
and what he was hitting at very strongly, it was a severe stinging criticism of Cumann the Gael, which is now Fine Gael, the party that put them in there, because that was the party who had a far closer umbilical-like relationship with, with the church in Ireland. And bearing in mind, if we go back to this time, it's, it's very logical, because there was a total atmosphere of mistrust with the people who populated the seats that became Fianna Fáil. Because most of those people, uh, many of them, uh, that were in the Dáil and the Shannad, had been excommunicated by the church uh, for taking part in the civil war. So, you know, in, in the modern world, we can easily put labels on it. But Gogarty was, was despite the fact uh, that he was a, a product, let's say, of the Cumann Gael uh, patronage, uh, he wasn't going to allow himself to be bought by that. As such a unique individual, he was like so unique, all the stories you, you've told us, being so um, immersed in the life of politics in the Shannad, the Shannad and in the arts and culture of the city and of the country as well. Um, to be such a, ha- have such a keen eye and be able to distill his thoughts about his contemporary society into yes. those kind of quotes. Is there anyone that you'd compare him to now in, in 2019? Is there anyone who has that sort of, um, I suppose that slant or that way of, of looking into the political and the social life and the arts and culture in Ireland and, and drawing those two together? It's, it's very, very hard to find somebody in, in, a, in a contemporary era uh, to do it. Uh, because um, we are, to a large extent, uh, we see ourselves in society today as we tend to see our society as superior to anything else that has gone before us. And I often wonder what the generation in 25 or 50 years' time are going to look back at us and think of, you know, because we seem to be a a puritanical, self-righteous society. Well, we think so much has changed, but so much hasn't. I mean, that heifer and the bee cross-pollination, I mean, you could say that today as well. Absolutely. Perhaps the man who who actually commented uh, subtly uh, was able to uh, put in these barbs, but barbs with meaning... Uh, was the late Con Hulham, uh in the in the Irish press, uh, because there was always a message inherent in 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 what Con uh, was writing, you know. And to be oblique as well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. And of course, he was a GAA commentator as well, so he probably got away with a lot of it as well. He, he was understood. He was, yeah, yes. Uh, speaking about uh, St. John Gogarty, was there much reaction to those type of quotes at the time? You go back to 1929 for that quote. No, I suppose similar to today, that there was the herd mentality, you know. And, you know, if you go back to, um, you know, secular society today looks back on an era and they think all this began in the 1940s and 50s. The church was the dominant role, not politics, in Irish society back to the 1890s. You know, in 1891, they brought about the fall of Charles Stuart Parnell, the uncrowned king of Ireland. So the role and the dominance of the church uh, was long before uh, this, this era, you know. But Gogarty was a man who, who, who kind of, um, like Zorba the Greek, he sat loose to life. And he, you know, his commentary uh, was, on one level, it was just kind of humorous. He said, there's no such thing as a large whiskey, you know. And he also said that politics is the chloroform of the Irish people. Or rather, the hashish. Yeah. 
even back then. Yeah, back then, you know. So he was a man. He was a man beyond his time uh, in that era, you know. And he also said, "You might as well try to employ a boa constrictor as a tape measure, as to go to a lawyer for legal advice." <laughs> Tying you up in the legal jargon. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He was fantastically articulate, wasn't he? And he had a beautiful one about alcohol. And he said, Like dark sleep, it knits up the reveled sleeve of care. And what is an achievement? It wastes the time that might, if we were not drinking, be devoted to scheming, posing, hypocrisy and (laughs) money-making. So it had a purpose. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's yes. amazing. God, he was so far ahead yeah, of his time. Exactly. It's amazing how he was able to articulate those thoughts because you can understand what he's saying when he puts those words together. They're well thought out, though. Absolutely, they are. And, uh, you know, they're reflective of the man uh, because um, similar to Joyce, where, say, Joyce was the leading figure of the, the, the era. Now, there are several layers to every one of Joyce's sentences. And that is also true in relation to Gogarty, that there is often a cryptic, a, a kind crypti- of, yeah, a, a yeah. cryptic subliminal message uh, underneath uh, his, his sayings and quotations. Well, we're sitting here in this pub dedicated to, the, uh, to Oliver St. John Gogarty. You can't miss it as you walk down through Temple Bar. What do you think he'd make of that? I think he, I think he would, uh, he he would very much uh, approve of it because he was the, um, he was the quintessential imbiber himself. You know, he loved, uh, he loved a, a few jars and uh, he loved a bit of fun and he loved kind of the, the the, the revelry and the the, the company uh, that alcohol uh, brought about. So I think he'd be very pleased to see uh, to see himself honoured in in such a way. His name in lights. Yes. Wonderful. Eamon, thank you so much for, for joining us today with more information about Oliver St. John Gogarty. It's been a real education for us hearing all of the yeah, all of the facets to his life and, and bringing that all together here on Tradfest Podcast. Thank you very much. And thanks a million, Eamon, for coming in. It's always such a great pleasure when you share that vast knowledge with us. It's an education every time we meet you. And now, take a listen to this. Is it hippie trad? Is it trippy trad? Is it loopy trad? No, it's a band called Megatrad. Let's have a listen.
that was the sound of Megatrad with their single Lucid and there's a great video for that on YouTube if you want to check it out and Megatrad are going to be playing in our Trad Hub concerts during Tradfest in January uh, where we introduce new music to agents and managers potentially propelling performers onto the next level of their career and all the acts selected for the showcases have a unique sound and talent but most importantly a passion and love for their music this event is in association with Milwaukee Irish Fest and it's chosen or it gets to choose the best live act from Trad Hub to go on to perform at Milwaukee Irish Fest 2020. And Trad Hub takes place downstairs in the old storehouse on Crown Alley here in Temple Bar. For more information on that, go to tradfest.ie. It's always a very exciting couple of nights, I have to say, there in the old storehouse. And I'm delighted, actually, that Megatrad are here with us now. The band centres around two brothers from the musical O'Dolig family. Well, some of them do a bit of acting as well. And there's Dennis McAuliffe as well. Uh, a local legend, they say, on the mandolin from West Clare. But I know Dennis actually has been a man from East Clare originally, who is now uh, bringing a bit of culture to West Clare. They're all graduates of the University of Limerick's BA in Irish Music and dance and what did they say about Megatrad well they say they use pedals stomp box beaten bass machines whatever comes to hand no rehearsal no discussions a bit like myself just pure <laughs> feel for the music every performance of Megatrad is completely unique and never to be heard in that particular arrangement again guaranteeing each audience a once-in-a-lifetime experience of immersive contemporary, who writes this, rich and lively <laughs> Irish traditional music of the 21st century. Killian and Sean and Dennis from West Clare are with us now, lads. I'm glad our listeners got to hear you first so they can know what exactly it is you do musically. In places, it sounds straight up, but then it goes off into a whole new place. How did the Megatrad sound come about? I don't know who we should ask first. Is it Killian or Sean? Killian's Killian, been elected there now. They're pointing to you as the boss. They pointed directly in my direction, yeah. Um, so no, I, a Megatrad came about when we were just basically trying to put some sessions, sessions into pubs in around Limerick. Uh, and generally the response from bars these days and when you're trying to put some trad sessions, in, especially in city scenarios, is that the second they hear the word trad, they kind of they kind of reel back a little bit because it just doesn't draw in the people like it used to kind of thing you know now that, that's obviously not not what we want to hear but so we decided to throw in a couple of things that might be a bit more generally accessible to the to the public ear like the beats and bass and the stamp boxes and all that kind of thing uh, and it kind of just grew from the first gig we started discovering that the sound that we have kind of coming out amongst the three of us just kind of called for more and more bigger sound things coming in so overall yeah, it's just kind of trying to bring trad into the 21st century to the people who aren't directly into trad, I suppose. That oh. But sorry, but you are steeped in trad yourselves. Oh, we are, yeah. Like, so I suppose if you were to try and explain the music of it itself, each piece that we play might take 10 or 15 minutes at a time. Um, and there might be a tune or two in it at the most. But we might start out with just maybe playing one note altogether. And then one, might, one fella might throw in another note in on top of that note that's been played at the time. And then uh, once the groove is kind of set up, somebody might have an old notion of a tune that they'll slip into and we'll do that. And a bit of musical join the dots. Kind of thing, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so we're just following along with each other really and listening out, you know. And you're, you're all graduates of the BA in UL. And is that an area, I suppose, looking at uh, sound engineering and production and all those kind of extra elements that you can put into a live performance, you know, to kind of flesh out the sound? Is that something that you explored whilst you were in college together? Uh, we d- would have done a small bit of it. Um, uh, I suppose uh, most of our learning, I suppose, now it just comes from trial and error. Um, like I, I know when we, when we first started hooking up machines and 
<laughs> we had a lot of problem with electrical buzzing and uh, which way power out that's not working and 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 you know what how many how many units we can power from the one chain supply and stuff like that uh, and we google is a great one if you go on youtube <laughs> it is it is we actually we we're still we're still learning the hard way you know of uh, trial and error um we have now at least we have something we can um, plug in together ready in 20 minutes or so despite all the gear we can't stand anywhere because there's wires everywhere <laughs> pedal boards to yeah to beat the band that's it yeah. that's it um uh, but you know and we, we we still want to grow and um uh, we're still growing you know we're still at the, the start of a journey i think you know and uh, we have a lot more to learn and I suppose the key to that is getting beyond the technology you know that that serves the music then so once you get comfortable with that the music can flow and your improvisation as well because that's a massive part of what you do Sean isn't yeah, it yeah it is exactly yeah um, yeah like what we do now with the pedals and stuff it's not we don't need them there necessarily but they do just kind of bring up that sound and to throw in if we have an idea like the new thing I've been kind of doing now is trying to use a loop pedal live but also, again, because it's all improv-based, you have to kind of figure out the loops as they're going. So um, that's really precise timing as well, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, it just helps add that extra element if we have those pedals, you know. And then we've bass pedals and delay pedals and reverb pedals and all, just to add in little sounds. But like, it's not like they're going the whole time through it either, you know. It's just yeah. to add a little bit of an extra. Kick. Looking at the video, mandolin. You play the mandolin, do you? And like at times, at times it sounds like an electric guitar. What you're doing with it? Mm. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, I suppose it's it's a pretty old pedal I got from an old mate. Um, and uh, I suppose technology has come on a long way since. But uh, you know, I'll we'll just, we'll just keep researching and see see how, see what else we can do with it. Jesus, you have it ruined. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's You're a re- demon for the loop pedals. Oh, I know I, you are, Kieran. Sure, you be sure. at home with your loop pedal practicing. I'm sure that's the refrain anyway, back around, Claire. But it's very funny. Actually, you played the Castle Kelly reel, just kind of, you played it out there during that particular piece, the, your new uh, DVD. Yeah, yeah. Like, we definitely, when we're playing the music, we still kind of respect and appreciate the traditional side of it. So when we're kind of playing tunes, we would kind of play them you know the three or four times each and then maybe break away and, Good and throw solid. in var- yeah yeah you know drive into it like you know <laughs> uh, the variations slightly different yeah yeah they kind of come in then as we kind of go through the tunes you know do you think you might survive in a competition at the flare <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, we'll, we might we'll try it out here and see <laughs> Into the miscellaneous. Yeah, yeah. Into yeah. the miscellaneous. Yeah. Groupy kill competition. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mentioned acting, of course, when we looked at that new video that you brought out. The gentleman that was sitting there listening to your music that finally woke up from the dream at the end. Who was he? That was the man who made us, I suppose. Uh, both musically and biologically, I did say. <laughs> that would be our father. Did you have a bit of help with that as well? With the music. Or the, <laughs> or the biology. The biology. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't really know how it all works, but I... <laughs> I don't know what we're actually we'll drifting down. Yeah. We'll keep it clean now, Kieran. We're drifting down a particular route here on the Tradfest podcast with that one. What about how it's received then? How, what are people making of your music, Kieran? Yeah, so um, the, the, the reception is just generally very good altogether. Like Our stomping ground is the Glen Tavern in Limerick on Gantworth Street, and they've always just given us a place to just do our thing, and they just said, just play away, boys. You know? And we, like, just the general kind of music that might be in there, we wouldn't be the usual kind of stuff that it have in there. But every night we finish the gig, there's a couple of older fellas who are always at the bar, and they come up to us every night, and they say, geez, that's brilliant stuff altogether. You know? So that's lovely to see that the, the, old, the older generation are really appreciated too. At the same time, while we're in the middle of a set, the door might swing open beside us from people coming in, and it might be young people from Mary Eye, 
Carrier or LIT kind of coming in for pints. And sure, the second they hear it before even realizing that it's trad, they're kind of going, woo, they're dancing around, coming in the door and everything, you know. So it's kind of, it's, 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 it's reaching both ends of the spectrum of the audience, I suppose, which is nice, I think. That's fantastic, I must say. It's a great innovation in traditional music, and it's very new. And, and like that, I suppose, that call to explore the sound and to, to make it bigger for a kind of a social atmosphere, it serves the pub sound, but also I, I can imagine it'll bring you to more kind of larger stadium sounds as well if you needed to, because it's creating that atmosphere. You know, the likes of Milwaukee Irish Fest, obviously been here for Trad Hub. Would that be something that you'd like to explore with your sound? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Killians was always saying his kind of five-year plan for the band was eventually to get to Milwaukee. He's the man with the five-year yeah, plan. Yeah, he's hey. we're, we're heading for Milwaukee. All right. So yeah, definitely big stadium party gigs, kind of anything like that would be ideal for us. It certainly strikes me as party music, there's no doubt about it, but the authenticity is there in your music as well and your approach to trad and where you've come from with traditional music, that's what I like about it actually is the tunes themselves, you can still pick them out within all those arrangements Who would be the main arranger, is it fair to ask or Dennis, do you just throw it up between you? It is absolutely local, we just look at each other and say, (laughs) does anyone know where we're going? Nobody does, but we (laughs) We just somehow end up going going down a route, whether it's all three routes at the same time or one. You know, it's just every, every tune, every set is completely different, and nobody knows where we're going to end up. So that spirit of improvisation is literally what holds the band together. Absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, hopefully that route will actually be to Milwaukee. There's no doubt I think the audiences would love that, what you're doing there, because there's a fantastic audience there for innovation in the music, as well as the traditional music as well. But they're there for innovation. Ruth, you were there last year yourself. You saw what was going on there. Yeah, I mean, it is that thing of of drawing the crowd, because the the numbers are so huge that if a sound, like you said, you know, when the door swings open and people are already hopping to the music, and then they realise, you know, it's not that thing of, oh, just the trad and the eyes roll, we go to a bar that has more crack. But um, the fact that, like you said, that, tradition is so pure and so strong in it that you can then add all these layers to 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 make the sound bigger um it's definitely what what goes down well in milwaukee another yeah. comment that dennis made there actually he said do you have to sit down there's so many pedals around you you yeah. can't afford to step on anything there but certainly i would say the audience will do anything but sit down when they're listening to that music so we do certainly wish you well and that are you looking forward to the trip to tradfest oh very much so yeah yeah i've been up uh, i was up last year really enjoyed it as well so uh, looking forward to getting playing in, in Dublin now. I don't think we've played in Dublin yet. So so you're making your Dublin debut. We're, we're, we're absolutely delighted that you are making uh, that debut and that it is at Tradfest. And remember, there will be, OK, we'll have Milwaukee here and there's a chance of getting to there. But there are other festivals as well that will be here uh, tuning into your music. So it's probably a good hub, even though uh, you'll be playing at the hub, but it is a good hub for the wider world, let's say, maybe, and to get some work out of it. What about your plans? Are you full-time musicians or do you, as they used to say long ago, do you work at all? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, we're all fairly full-time musicians, like we do a bit of teaching as well, but yeah, all music-based and yeah. So music is the career, and is it the chosen career, Dennis? Is that what you're? Is that what you're looking to? Uh, myself, it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose I ventured for a good number of years into different, uh, I suppose, construction and uh, all, and along that route. But uh, you just called me back. Music called me back and said, "Come on, what are you doing?" So you're a handyman to make a pedal board, then, if you're into. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Your uh, skills are never lost. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. I said, don't don't put me doing the wiring, though. No. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you don't touch them you know, don't stand on them there like that, is, that comes with a health warning anyway you can catch Megatrad live during Tradfest actually before we go do you play anywhere else outside of Limerick do you play in other places around Munster can, we, can people get to hear you 
Yeah, we're playing in Reedy's in Killarney on December 19th, as far as I know, um, with the hopes of more gigs of that. There's a couple of other potential dates in January yet to be confirmed. Um, and then we're playing the Shannon Side Winter Festival in Clare. Uh, no, is it the Shannon Side, the Winter Side? Shannon Side Winter Festival in Six Mile Bridge there in January as well, a couple of weeks before we come up here to Dublin for that as well. So before Dublin, those would be kind of our, our kind of more beyond local gigs, we'll say. So you'll do a run out in Six Mile Bridge before you come to Dublin. But well, we wish you the very best. I have to say it's fantastic music, great innovation in traditional music, and we hope that it goes far beyond these shores. You're playing at the Trad Hub on Friday, the 24th of January, just around midnight here at the Tradfest. Tradfest.ie actually for more information on Megatrad and indeed all that will be happening. Lads, thanks a million for coming in. Thanks for having Thanks, us. Thanks very much. Thank you for being with us on this podcast. You heard She's Ruth Smith and I'm, I'm Kieran Hanrahan. <laughs> Until our next version of the podcast. Thanks a million. Slán. Beautiful affair.